Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Here's Lindegaard. Making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. And welcome to the Glovers Cast. It's Thursday. It's it's the summer. It's the off season. So we're here recording for you to listen to on a Friday. It's myself. It's Mr. Ben Barrett. Good evening. Good night. That's part of nine PM here. <laughs> and Dave. All right, mate. Hello. I've got the sun shining in my eyes. Ben has like a almost like a halo over his head. And Ian's just in the gloom in his, uh, in his room. Yeah, he is. <laughs> the gloom yeah, in his are, room. The gloom in his room. Suitable levels of fast to kickstart the podcast. <laughs> Excellent news. I can't believe it. Dave's literally over the course of the evening, Dave's caught a sunburn. Well, well he's been I think I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking I think that. I, yeah. I was thinking that. You yeah. need a bit of aloe vera, Dave, or what? Yeah, I think I probably do. It's, uh, <laughs> and this has come through a bloody window as well. Oh. Yeah. Uh, we can claim that back somehow. Um, uh, where were we? Football. <laughs> oh, yeah, football. <laughs> right, yeah. Let's, actually, let's tee it up. So, we have spoken to John Clark, a councillor from SSDC, about the hot topic at Hewish Park and the... Uh, council deal so we'll go to that later on but first we're going to talk about football because you know that's what we like we've had ben, some big ben won't forgive us if we don't talk about football. <laughs> <What>? okay <laughs> and shin pads <laughs> yeah need to talk about shinies we've had some big things some big contracts what she said. come through in the <laughs> in the last few days um 
Ben, should we start with the one that came out shortly after the council deal? Uh, to, to soften that blow. Tony um, Stevens. <laughs> no, your statue. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So the... the Happy Josh! Oh, that's easy. <laughs> the, the captain and the most important player since Terry Skiverton has Correct. signed on the dotted line and remains a Yeovil Town player for two seasons although there may be a mystical extension that we'll never know about that can be triggered. Um, <laughs> <laughs> only only at a time that is appropriately good yeah. PR. <laughs> <laughs> only on the day when there's some bad news. Um, Josh Stallen, I think he was probably top of, if not second on the list of most supporters as the player that it was crucial that we renewed. How are we feeling about that? Dave, I'll let you go first because my answer will only be made a mockery of. Ben, are you welling up? I'm, okay. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine. No, uh, Josh, brilliant news. And even more brilliant news because he is someone who has extended his contract. He signed a two-year contract. And he has, he, we can assume, as if there was nothing in the statement about him triggering applause uh, or something like that, he is someone who has said, yes, I want to stay at the club and fantastic brilliant player player that you can build a team around and i think we've all seen this season what uh what a brilliant player could be and i was saying i was just reflecting the other day when we were doing um when we were thinking about how players have been this season what a difference he could have made if he had been around do we call it last season now whatever the uh 2020 21 season was i think yeah. how different it could have been if we'd have had him around mm. um because of uh, yeah everything everything that he's brought so yes fantastic seven out of seven signing that one for me oh wow we haven't given a seven out of seven since Luke Wilkinson and? did the whole score break his nose get booked going goalkeeper clean sheet make a world of save I'm doing it I'm he's doing it again there. yeah yeah wow seven, seven out of seven and uh, that and uh, what's his wedding day on Saturday that will be a seven out of seven oh let's just let's minute. just have a moment here how awesome is that fair play to them. They've been yeah. waiting for so bloody long, those two, to get married. Cancelled it like 1,400 times due to the Rona. So, yeah, we love you, Elliot and Jess. Well done. Thank you. Now I'm well enough. I know. It's beautiful, <laughs> isn't it? He hadn't right. even started talking about Josh Stone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, it is good. Luke Wilkinson leaving made it a little bit more important, actually. Um, obviously, Wilco's headed to uh, the land beyond, of which we will not speak. <laughs> And so, yeah, I think to get that, that linchpin in the middle sorted and, and the subsequent pieces that we've seen to follow, sure, we'll talk about it all, but it starts to feel like there's a spine now. And the one thing I've always, always wanted our teams to get organised early is a spine you then build around. And we've kind of got that now. It's just a spine. It needs a whole lot more adding to it. But for me... That, that that was huge. And to get it done, I was going to say first, but I guess it's really third with Haste and Stevens also being secured. Um, but to get it done early, get it done sorted, done and dusted, first day of preseason, back in. Josh Staunton, captain's armband, firmly round the left bicep. All good. Why left? Always on the left. Kind of on the right. Who puts a captain's armband on the right bicep? <laughs> Who notices what arm a captain has? <laughs> See what I mean? Blimey. We'll have to go through the pictures. We'll fact check this. Yeah, um, I'm right. Josh, I... Josh Staunton was actually second behind Ollie Haste because we had a double 
signing day with Toby Stevens and Grant Smith, didn't we, I think? Oh, maybe. Maybe I'm getting my timelines mixed up. Yeah. Oh, well, Ollie Hayes signed at the Ultrinum game, didn't he? Yes. He signed then. So he, he was, was first. first. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Staunton. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are yeah, right. So Staunton yeah, was sorry. second. And, yeah. and Toby Steve, we had Toby Stevens and Grant Smith yeah. in quick succession Pick one it. night this week. Almost like Toby Stevens wasn't enough for one day. <laughs> no I, hope longer get, basketball I, 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 I do hope we get to see a little bit more of him. And I, I was, it was weird, actually, because we wondered why he wasn't on the bench at Ultrium. And we asked, actually. And it's a very weird thing where the FA, the loan deal was till the end of the season. And so the FA said that even though Barnstable's deal had a uh, season had finished, ours hadn't, and thus yeah. the loan carried on, which meant we couldn't use him, which yeah. seems bizarre. County FAs do that, don't they? Do it by date as opposed yeah. to games and seasons. Yeah. So very, very strange. So we couldn't use him. However, we could use Ollie Haste because he was not a loan. He was a dual registration. Wow. Bosh done. I think yeah. you were about to say you hope to see a bit of Toby I, Stevens this season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is. It feels like a big season. He's had a couple of loans away now. He's played a little bit, had a little taste of it. But if we're going to have a manager that's going to be, I'm playing the kids. I'm developing the kids. I'm giving the kids a chance. The kids are all right. We're going to see a bit more of them. So good. Looking yeah. forward to it. I think it, it. From what we know or what we've been told about Chris Hargreaves, it feels like that's the route we're going to go down and. You'd like to think he's going to be a good spot of talent, so we may see um, we may see more Toby Stevens. We may not see more Toby Stevens because he's not quite ready yet. So there's there is that. Um, the goalkeeper, a keeper signed on. That is a trick. There's a lot of remain, isn't there? Do you think? Obviously, we're going to get we're going to get all Brexity, aren't we? Now it's going to be leave and remain. Who's going to leave? Who's going to remain? Um, let's hope the percentages are a little bit. <laughs> Firmer than they were. Um, 49, 51, no. 52, 48, wasn't it, Dave? Yeah, well. It's all worked out well in the end, isn't it? So. <laughs> okay, let's stay away from this. Um, <laughs> We've got more politics to come. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Smith, I think we, you know, I think we kind of... Did we know that Grant Smith was going to be staying on? I, I think, think we, we were... We, yeah, yeah. It, we, we certainly hoped, didn't we, that he he, he would. Yeah. Um, yeah. A few less clangers this season. Mm. Yeah, but yeah. I yeah, but that's fine. You, uh, goalkeepers at this, at this level, they're at this level because they make a couple of clangers. It's what they do for the other ninety-eight percent of the game, and I think he's fine. He's not Dylan Barnes, is he? He ain't Dylan Barnes. He's not. He's not. But let's not drop the ball in the first minute against Dover. No. Don't go Brexit again with the Dover thing. Let's not. <laughs> uh, it'll be Farage counting his bloody chingies coming in, won't he? But... Okay, move on. Um, move on. And the the perhaps the biggest uh, remainer in Max Hunt. Yeah. Quite literally. <laughs> he, he was always remaining. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, he he, he is yeah he is remaining as opposed to re-signing or triggering a contract or something like that. He's simply remaining. So, a, and a, a part of that spine that we need to add to, um, yeah. yeah. I think when you look at when you look at the defence, really, if if we do keep hold of Barnet, if we if you know who knows what's going to happen with Mark Little, I think we probably all anticipate he'll be moving on. Um, that defence is kind of 
there, that those core, you know, if Morgan Williams is going to be a fullback moving forward, we've, I think, I think my pairing probably be Staunton and Hunt. I don't know what you guys think. Um, I think you want Staunton a bit further forward, don't you, Ben? But um, I don't know. Obviously, it's up to the manager. But there's there's a lot of those three particularly were a, a big, aren't they, in, in our back line and our defensive structure. Um, and then probably the most important one for me. <laughs> don't fall in love with footballers. Fall in love with Tom Knowles, though, <laughs> for at least another 12 yeah. months. Yeah, that heartbreak has been put off for another 12 months at least. Yeah, unless we uh, decide to sell it in January. I'm just about to say, yeah, I will feel a whole <laughs> lot better when transfer windows slam shut. Yeah. No, but I, I, well, I think we spoke about it after the Altrinum game. When you see a player in uh, the, a nothing game, final game of the season, running around as much as Tom Knowles did, scoring a goal like Tom Knowles did, and obviously showing that he wants to Boston up to to give everything. I've, I've tweeted it a few times. We all dream of a team of Tommy Knowles. I would uh, I would have a team of Tom Knowles if I could. Not sure he'd be like as a keeper, but um, yeah, better than Graham he... Smith. I'm just... <laughs> better than Dylan Barnes. Fine. Yeah, but yeah, he is better than Dylan Barnes. Yeah, I'd back him over Dylan Barnes. Sorry, Grant, I didn't mean that. No. If you're listening, they all listen. Um, cool. Anything Good. else on the contracts? Um, El Gorman's quiet, isn't he? I think he's a lever or a remainer. He's halfway back over the Irish Sea. Um, yeah. he's gonna move woke in, have they? <laughs> oh, Robin Batchelor, that's excited, that's that's excited for that one. Looking forward that's to those free kicks going into the car park outside, <laughs> except for on that big stand. He'll never clear. Well, he might clear that big stand, I reckon. David, I'm telling you, Dale Gorman will come back and he will score an absolute blinding free kick against us. I guarantee it. I'll put money on it. Darren Sile will run. Fist pumping down the touchline. Sorry. Stop it, David. <laughs> Stop it. They've already got Dan Moss. They're not having any others. I know, yeah. This yeah. is not... What's the Woking podcast? They've got Cards Cast, haven't they? Is that what it's called? I think. I think so. they got something. I bet Darren Sarr doesn't not... listen to it. <laughs> not enough plebs on there, I reckon. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, shall us three plebs ask uh, John Clark some questions? I think Absolute plebs, if you don't mind, but yes, let's. Yeah, so we're not, we, us three, are not going to talk too much about our views on the deal. We've just asked John the questions that we felt needed asking. Um, John's a Yeovil Town support as well. That will become clear quite soon. Um, so, yeah, enjoy this chat and hopefully it gives you a bit of, uh, <laughs> bit of information about what we know about the deal now. Right, we're pleased to welcome Councillor John Clark to the Glovers cast. John is the portfolio holder for economic development at South Somerset District Council, and he represents Yeovil, Summerlands, and you've been a season ticket holder at Hewish Park for more than 25 years, is that right? That's right, yeah. Wow. <laughs> what did you do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I kept coughing up and hoping. Absolutely, yeah. Like us all, like us all, yeah. yeah. Okay, so obviously... a. a Quite a big bit of news last Friday, the, the deal that's been in the offing for 
some months, a year and a half almost. Um, you know, it's not without controversy amongst supporters and probably taxpayers in Yeovil and Somerset as well. Um, can you summarise to us sort of the deal, to, the deal um, itself and the, the land around from the council's perspective? You know, what, why is the deal a good deal for Yeovil Town Football Club and how does it safeguard the future? Uh, gosh, all at once, eh? <laughs> In about 30 seconds, if you could, yeah. <laughs> It's one of those short ones, is it? Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, would it help if I just uh, told the story very briefly of what happened and okay. and yeah. the what the council was faced with in producing a deal? So anyway, in late 2020, after some pretty serious financial losses due to COVID, uh, the football club approached the district council for help. And at that point, the owners had made substantial borrowings to survive for the club to survive but they judged that the, the danger of liquidation was, was um, threatening continued operation. So we thought about that and we agreed that the football club is of great economic and community value, so we ought to try and help if we could. So we considered the request alongside various uh, constraints that we were under or felt we were under. So we wanted a solution that was of maximum benefit to the club in the short term with good prospects of emerging from any obligation in the medium term so that the club could, could get back to where it was once it had got on a good financial footing. We obviously, any money that, um, that we were going to put forward as taxpayers' money, so it had to be a fair return on taxpayers' money and that had to be in line with our policy, which is called a commercial strategy. We had to make sure that any risk to the taxpayers' money was adequately protected. And in particular, if the football club was to fail completely, then the leases would become null and void and the council um, would assume vacant possession. And finally, the district council did not want to take any part whatsoever in the operational running of the football club. So those, those were the sort of constraints we, we were under. So having worked up a proposal, we made a purchase and lease back offer to release funds to the club. <clears throat> and this offer followed the usual sort of transparent processes that all, um, all proposals of any value have to do going through the council, uh, through public district executive meeting with agenda and minutes and reports, and then scrutinized by the scrutiny committee, which is also a public meeting. So the features, the features of this offer were separate leases for the core footballing area and the non-core area, an annual rental to be paid for the footballing area, but with no payment in the first year. A financial allowance was, was um, allowed in to buy out restrictive covenants. And another feature was a route for the club to take back the freehold as soon as they could. And this would be by development on the non-core land. So the club and South Somerset District Council will work, would work together on development schemes to try and raise money. And obviously that has to be within planning policy constraints. So you can't just build anything. It has to fit in with the, with the local plans. And finally, the property titles that pass to South Somerset uh, must be free from any charges related to lending. 
So this actually meant that some of the loans that the club had taken out would have to be redeemed because they were, they were loans held against the value of the land. And if we were going to take over the land or buy the land, then we had to insist that some of those loans were redeemed so that there was no charge on, on, the, land, on the titles when they passed to us. And that, of course, has led to uh, recent activity of redeeming loans, which, which, of course, people have sort of raised serious questions about. But actually, um, that was a precondition. Otherwise, we'd have titles to the land passed to us that had charges against them for those loans. And as you know, many months followed during which various attempts were made to seek other buyers for the club. And according to the chairman, at least one such offer was accepted, but the money wasn't forthcoming. And during this period, the SSD offer had been made and remained on the table. And since it had been made, um, we felt that we had to honour it. And then, of course, earlier this month, legal agreements were, were completed to finalise acceptance of the council's offer and the titles of the land and assets passed to the district council. So that's the story as we saw it from the district council, a request for help, constraints that we operated under which we had to protect taxpayers um, from both um, value for money and risk point of view. And coming up with this purchase and lease back deal which is intended to, um, to give the club a route back to owning their own land and assets. Okay, um, that's, that's interesting and particularly as you said there there's been a lot of discussion since the um, the repayment of the loan, the MSP capital loan that uh, was taken out around the same time that Scott Priestnell bought the football club, you'll know that as a supporter yourself, so yeah. you're saying that that, that had to take place anyway, that, because that was a precondition uh, almost not necessarily forced. I'm not saying that it wouldn't have happened anyway, but that was something that you insisted that Scott Priestnell and, and the club did before the deal to buy the land could take place. Is that right? Pretty much, yeah. The, the deal, the deal had to pass the title of the land to us, unencumbered, if you like, to any any other um, debtor. Uh, or do I mean creditor? I was getting all up to the two. Yeah, yeah. Someone you owe money to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so you couldn't have a title to land, but you haven't really got it because someone, some other person that you've lent money to, has got a charge on it. So, all that had to be cleared away. So, any, any I'm not saying all the all the debts had those conditions or 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 had the land and assets as security, but the ones that did had to be repaid as part of the deal. Yeah. That, that appears to have happened in the last. Uh, Day or two. Yeah, because uh, you're again, you'll be aware as a supporter that the club's obviously taken out the best part of a million pound of loans from Sport England. Uh, as, as part of that, does that presumably not have the same kind of preconditions on it that those loans are not secured against the land? Is that what we're saying? I I haven't seen those loans because they're nothing to do with us, but I, I believe that the Sport England loans are, are quite sort of soft and benevolent, if I could put it that way. You know, the intention was um, that government was trying to help clubs to survive. So I don't, it wasn't like a sort of hard commercial bank loan where the bailiff comes knocking on the door for it. I suspect that they'll, they'll be giving clubs quite a long time and, and be very reasonable in getting their money back. 
Okay. I suppose the point, uh, just going back to the point of the of the other loan, say the MSP capital loan, if I can call it that, the one that, that Scott Breesnell took out, uh, whether or not it was part of the deal and it was a requirement of the of the council's buyout of the land, nevertheless, there is still taxpayers' money that has been given to the club. And obviously the justification that the council gave was mm-hmm. that this was money that was being put in to save the club. And it was all about improving uh, the, the balance sheet effectively of the football club. Yeah. One way or another, whether it's a precondition or not, is it not still the case that taxpayers' money has been used to clear a private individual's debt? The private individual's taken this money out for whatever reason around the same time they bought the club. Uh, and it's his debt, which he's placed onto the football club, uh, secured it against the land assets of the club. The council has, your, your, by your description, stepped forward to give money to safeguard its future, and that money has been used to pay back someone else. It, it still seems to me, and I appreciate what you're saying there, that there was it was part of the deal. It, it still sounds like something if I were a council taxpayer in South Somerset I would have some serious questions about that I think. Okay well from the council's point of view and from the taxpayer's point of view it's actually rather simpler than that. Okay. Um, the, the council has shelled out some money uh, for some land and assets um, and will receive a rent so it's it's just really. It's a good like, deal for the council yeah I can see that. Well, it, yeah. It's like a I mean, we've we've invested 150 million pounds in, in property and other things to provide an income to support services, frontline services, because the the government has cut their support to councils by an enormous amount, and we had to do that to to try and so that we didn't have to cut any services, and actually we succeeded in that. We didn't cut one single service in South Somerset, whereas you know the county were cutting them as if it was going out of fashion. So it's just, from the point of view of the taxpayer, it's an investment. The council has made an investment on their behalf, and for that they get a, a rental, which is which fits in with the normal rental that we expect from making investments. So actually, from the taxpayer's point of view, they're only worried about are they getting value for money for the investment, and has the risk been looked after? And you know, the council has done, hasn't made some crazy deal that's going to affect the taxpayer and suddenly someone goes bust and they lose the lot. So yeah. it's, it's a question of value for money and risk, that's all. Mm. And, and I guess you could argue as a, as a local authority that you gave the money over for the reasons and the justification that you made back in November, whenever it was the deal was done, which was to safeguard the future of the club. What happens to that money? It's kind of nothing to do with you. Is that what you're, is that what you're saying? It's uh, the decision of the, the owner of the football club as to where that money is, is, is spent. Is that... I mentioned to you earlier that one thing the district council didn't want to do was get drawn into the running of the club at all. It's not what we do. Uh, we're happy to make an investment to help the club, but uh, we don't, we're not a football club uh, operator. You're saying you don't want to be chairman, John. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. <laughs> Me? Okay. Yeah, you, you. Yeah. <laughs> no, that one caught me. That's a bit of a one from left field. No. <laughs> That's what happens when you come on these crazy podcasts. You see, they oh, ask you. You've done the end up chairman. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Who knows? You might do a better job. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next question. Yeah. Um, 
Have you got one, Ben? Do you want to go? I just, I, I, I've, I've heard the word uh, risk used a couple of times by yourself, John, there. And I was wondering what that entails. Is there a, a due diligence done on club accounts, on the person involved that you're actually dealing with, looking at previous businesses? And what's the process of when you say, actually, this is a company, a person that we feel comfortable doing a sizable chunk of business with? Okay, well, from the point of view of the risk analysis, if you're, if you're buying the, uh, the land and assets, then yes, what you do is you study the land and assets and you analyze them, what, what you can do with them, what their intrinsic value is in order for it to be a fair price. Um, so it's, it's not like if, you, if you're buying the land and assets, you don't actually have to do due diligence on the person you're buying it from. You just have to say this thing that I'm buying, is it worth what I'm paying for it? And when it comes to risk, it's a question of going through various um, various scenarios that might hurt you and make sure that, that you're protecting the taxpayer from each one. And um, I dare say, seeing we'll get onto the sort of the China syndrome. So say everything goes, I'm just gonna use a naughty expression, but you know what I mean. And, and, some, and the club goes out of business or is unable to pay the lease, what happens? And the answer is that the land and the assets that then revert to the council with no with vacant possession. Now, no one wants the football club to fail, but I would just suggest to you that if the football club were to fail, is it better to have a scenario where the council owns it and the council's made up of it's a democratic body that's responsible to the to to benefit the residents and it has councillors who are democratically elected to benefit the residents is it better to have a council owning uh, the stadium and the land or is it i mean the other scenario is like there's some sort of fire sale the club's gone out of business there's a sort of auction takes place and some developer moves in some private developer just for commercial gain and there is there's, you've lost complete control uh, and when I say you, I mean we, really, as, as football supporters. So they could do anything with it if they could get planning permission, pull it down, build houses on it. So I'm quite sure that the councillors on, on South Somerset District Council, and of course that's turning into the Unitary Council, is another thing you might want to ask about, but there are, there are actually 26 um, Lib Dem football fan um, councillors in South Somerset who are now on the Unitary Council so they will be looked to to look after everything in Yeovil just like they are in the South Somerset district and I'm sure that everyone wants football to continue in Yeovil even you know even if something horrible happens to the club um, I think that the council would be the best bet to for the future of football and much better than if it all went bust and, and there was a fire sale and uh, a developer moved in and just tried to make money out of the of the land yeah do, do you think sorry dave do you think that um you've mentioned obviously you're you're a season ticket holder of, of 25 plus years you've seen incredible highs and devastating lows along the way do you fact that you are you are a Yeovil fan and you've seen different um, people run the club. You've seen different ways of, of running a football club. Do you think the fact that you are not just a football fan, but a Yeovil fan put you personally and other football fans on the council board, so to speak, 
in a better position to understand why football's a little bit different to say if we were dealing with a hotel that was on the verge of going bust. Yeah, you, you might think that, but in, in the, with the responsibility I have, I can't let that cloud the judgment of, of, of the various obligations that we have. Yes, the obligation to help the club, but also the obligation that if public money is going to be used, it's got to be value for money and it's got to be, the risk has got to be managed. So you, you can't get too emotional about it. You have mm. to remember the, the duties that you have as a councillor and as a, as a senior councillor and, and an executive member with, it's actually my responsibility, not as economic development, it's my responsibility for commercial strategy that means that I'm the, um, I'm the um, district executive member that carries the can for this particular subject area. But it's lucky that John hasn't got to make a decision on Weymouth, that's all I'll say, otherwise they could be, they could be in serious trouble, couldn't they? <laughs> Double asterisk. <laughs> he's a reader. I tell he's been reading. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think you, you talked about the rent earlier, and that's one of one of the big questions I think a lot of supporters have is the fact that you know last week we didn't have to pay rent for you know our our home, and now after next year we'll be having to find an extra you know an extra income source to pay that rent and you know as a loss making club it's going to be quite it feels like it's going to be quite tricky for us to do that um you know how do you can you share how much rent the club will be playing paying do we do, do there frameworks in place to, that will you know protect the club i can't actually at the moment but it is it is going to be in the public domain in the not too distant future but it's a bit like if you um if you get a mortgage on your house because you need to release some money, then you've got to pay the mortgage back. So you've got the capital, but you've, um, you know, you've got to pay the, the interest and, and the repayments on the mortgage. So it's not very different to that. But again, just repeating from the council's point of view, we, we, had, to, we had to make what, if you like, is our standard return on investment. Um, so it had it had to be a commercial arrangement to to protect the value for money thing for the taxpayer. Yeah. So it was I guess it was up to the club to worry about. So so they knew how much they'd have to pay. Did they want to do the deal? Yes. Um, so it must have worked out that 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 would be that would be okay. Yeah, I mean, there's some people doing amateur mathematics. I include myself in that. I'm a very amateur mathematician. But um, seven, this figure of 7% uh, has been mentioned in a couple of re reports. I think people have tried to work out, right, what 7% of 2.85 million over, over 30 years, whatever. Does that 7%, is that anything to do with the, um, the rental value or is this a complete, completely different thing? Yeah, seven percent is our normal return on capital when we in, when we invest in in property. So if we buy another property full of tenants, then we wouldn't buy the property unless unless the tenants can pay a seven percent gross on the value of the property. So that's um, otherwise, you know, we'd go off and look for another property that had other tenants who could pay that. So um, seven percent is not actually what goes. Um, what goes straight on the bottom line for frontline services, because there are other costs that have to come out of that, like the cost of the commercial team and the repayments. We always put 
put stuff on one side to, to build up repayments and so on and so forth. So, so our targets are 7% gross and 3% net. So when we make an investment, we're looking for 3% to go to frontline services. Okay. And is that 7% in, in the case of this over 30 years? Because I think that's the lease, isn't it? It's over, over 30. So would you look to make a 7% uh, profit, if I can put it that way, on your investment over the course of those that 30-year lease? Is that? No. No? no? Okay. 70, 70 I told you it's an amateur mathematics, mathematician. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'll say one thing. Um, I, I think the... You know, the material that you put up online, I know you've probably got different opinions on some of it to me, but the the accuracy of, it makes it easier having this conversation because I, I, I would say that, you know, what you put up in terms of fact is sort of a good 95% plus. It's there you go, 95% plus, lads. That's, that's, that's better than normal, <laughs> isn't it? Like that. <laughs> you usually get less than that on the spelling test, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> okay, right, well, we're doing okay. I, I mean, one, one point that, that I wanted to ask, John, as you probably tell, I've got a few. <laughs> but um, a couple of weeks ago, or a month or so ago, Scott Priestnell was obviously talking to supporters. You'll have, you'll have seen those uh, interviews and things that, that he did. Now, he referred to the club's financial position there as quote pretty healthy um i mean obviously the decision was made by the council back in november 2020 yeah. since then i mean the club's taken on these loans from sport england fans have come back into the ground and as i say the, the chairman's now saying that it's pretty pretty healthy financial state mm. was there a period between making that decision where you reassessed what their financial position was because that was a, the reason why the council made the investment wasn't it to, yeah. to safeguard the financial future of the club now if the, it seems a bit of a contradiction that the chairman's saying it's in a pretty healthy state yet it still needs to sell its its stadium and it's uh, and the land around it hmm. was there any review or reassessment or anything like that or there was a reassessment yeah but i mean when he says it's healthy and you doubt that. Obviously, you have to ask him what he means. And I guess a statement. We've like tried. That, We've tried to ask him. I promise you. <laughs> I guess a statement like that is relative to how healthy it could be. You know, if you, if you go back sort of six years or something, and we're in the championship, then obviously it's not as healthy as that. But so every, everything's relative. But yes, we did actually do, um, or our financial people did did do a sort of recheck because many many months went by and nothing happened. You know when other things were being looked into, our offer didn't change, but but we did do a final sort of san sanitary check or sanity check, perhaps um, at the last minute. The finance people did did just check that everything was roughly as it was before, and there was nothing to stop us. So uh, yeah, we did do a sort of um, sense check at the end. I just go back. Apologies if I'm going over pre-trodden ground here. I just want to clarify something in my own mind. Um, there's obviously two companies with regards to Yeovil Town Football Club, Yeovil Football and Athletic Club Limited and Yeovil Town Holdings Limited. And obviously they operate differently in different areas. This, this lease that is gone back to the council, what company is that attached to? Yeovil Town Football and Athletic Club or Yeovil Town Holdings, or CV Leisure, or another one completely altogether that I've missed out? Yes, first one. It's Yeovil Football and Athletic Club. Both the leases, what the one on the core, um, the stadium and the, and the core area, which is paid rent on, and the lease of the non-core area, which is almost a sort of sleeping lease until there's development. 
Uh, they are both, I think, for contractual reasons, they had to be with the same um, party. And they, they are actually both with the, with the footballing company rather than the holdings company. Thank you for clarifying that. Thank you. And on the, the the buyback as well is is that with the football and athletic club or is that holdings and, and is there any sort of you know is there any sort of agreement that you know can it be bought back within a certain time or how 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 does that sort of work? I don't think there's any time limit on it. There's actually a legal obligation on the club to to look for uh, opportunities to to develop and make money on the non-core areas. So it's, it's a job for the football club to come up with proposals. I guess our, our people will help to make sure they're sensible. They will help with planning and make sure that they're compliant with, with planning proposals and they're not unsuitable developments. And we'll help as much as we can within planning law. And then if those developments are successful, and of course there are one or two problems like this business of, of of covenants and sport England and as someone I think pointed out there was a previous occasion where where some land had to be freed up in in sort of Lufton area to compensate for the loss of playing field area and, and there will be complications like that but assuming that those can be got over and the developments deliver uh, enough money if they Obviously, if they don't deliver enough money, it's irrelevant. But if they deliver enough money, then that money will be used to cancel the debt. It will pay back to the council what the council laid out. Uh, all the rent will be cancelled and the football club will be left with the core footballing area, the stadium and the surrounding land and will we'll not have to pay rent anymore. It will be theirs again. So there is this route back to them owning the stadium rent free. Apologies if this gets a little bit hypothetical now, but obviously you've laid out, you, Royal U, Council have laid out this huge amount of money of which we now know 1.35 million has been, or we think 1.35 million has been allocated for the removal of loan as per the prerequisition of, of, of the deal. Leaves us with around about 1.4, 1.5 million pounds. Hypothetically, if the owner decides tomorrow morning to sell the football club, to any old Tom, Dick or Harry who comes along, would you expect any ex, any monies that is left over as part of the deal to transfer across to a new owner? Or would, hypothetically, that owner be free to take that money away with them? The, the new owner would inherit the contract and everything in it. So all the obligations that are on the current owner um, would be legally handed over to the new owner they couldn't get away from the same so they'd have exactly the same contract and the same obligations i think that's something that a couple of more extreme views were worried that now this loan was paid off scott cv leisure would decide to sell for a pound tomorrow morning and run away with the extra cash so to speak so i think what you're saying there is that that is not a possibility he can do what he likes with the club um whatever his agenda is. Um, to be fair, our, our commercial team over, the, over their careers have dealt with some fairly shady characters. And if their opinion is worth anything, they have actually found that Scott has negotiated um, in good faith and been consistent. 
and they have quite a high regard for him as a someone to negotiate with. Now you can believe that or not, but these people, as I say, this, these are, we have some very very experienced commercial people, and they and they've seen a lot of people across the other side of the table, and they're, they're probably quite good at detecting the the rogues and thieves from the others. <clears throat> but there will be plenty of people probably listening to this podcast who who just reckon they were fooled and he's a rogue and all that. No, but at least at least you've had the opportunity to stand here and say, actually, some people that, that you respect in yeah. terms of their ability to do that would say differently. We, we cannot say fairer than that. We're happy to yeah. ask questions that are a bit pokey and proddy, but if someone's going to come back and go, well, actually, hang on a minute, we're happy to shout those out as well. So I have, I have no problem with you saying people we respect have said that this is this is going good and the people that we're involved with here are a good thing. So that's, I yeah. fully respect that opinion. Absolutely. I think that's fantastic I, to hear from. And I do respect the officers who've dealt with this. I mean, I think they, if you set them against any, any national bar or, you know, for property expertise and, and sheer experience and wisdom in the field, they, they would stand beside any, anyone else in the country. I think. Yeah. They are really, really good, because that's why we—that's why we invested 150 million pounds because we can trust these these people to find really good deals and make sure they didn't go wrong. <laughs> I mean, you, you made it clear, and I know the councils made it clear all the way through. You've got no interest in running a football club. You've already ruled yourself out being chairman. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, I mean, so you don't see any role where the council. So, let's say, if in uh, a, a year's time. I don't know, a part of the stadium blows away or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and you're the owner of that piece of infrastructure, which is on the, your land, or, or let's say someone comes and tears up the car park and it's all mm-hmm. in, a, in a complete state. There, there's no way that any council money could be invested, any further investment in maintenance or anything like that to improve that, that, that situation. There's, there's not, nothing okay. like that in the plan. Uh, the, the leases are such that all the maintenance responsibility remains with the football club, and that applies to the non-core area as well as the core area. Now, if you're talking about sort of um, the stadium falling down or something like that, then I've only I'm got, not suggesting that. I'm not saying it's going to, but I've only got one word to say to you, and that's insurance. Hi. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, let's hope we got some of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean. Um, uh, where do you see, uh, as, as a Yeovertown supporter and as a councillor and as a council taxpayer in South Somerset, I mean, maybe in a year or two's time, if, if we were to turn up at Hewish Park, which hopefully we will, what do you think we could see? I mean, or I guess more to the point, what would you like us to be able to see um, at Hewish Park in a year or two's time? Okay, well, the ideal thing would be that with, with the extra resources um, that we'd do better on the field and... We've got to get back in into the league. Hey, um, you're just trying to win us over now, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. Well done. Yeah. Understand that being in the league is worth a million quid comparing to being in non-league. It really is a serious issue, and and you know, I just hope hope we manage that. So that's on the footballing side. So hope that that's successful. On on the development side, you know, I hope that some really good plans will come up and money will get released from developments and they will cancel the basically cancel the contract out and return the stadium to the football club that that's the 
that's that's the good picture and we hope we, i think we all hope that both on the football field and in financial terms that's what happens yeah we do <laughs> we, yeah. we certainly do yeah 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 well and we've, and we've got nolsey yes <laughs> yes and yeah we have and plenty more as well yes that's right yeah, yeah. So, John, you told us off air, but I don't think we were on air when you said it. You've got a personal connection to Tom Knowles, I understand. Yeah, Jane, Jane and I are sponsors of Tom Knowles' kit this year. There you go. <laughs> so you are you are putting money into the football club in more ways than one. That's what you're saying, isn't it? <laughs> I guess we are. Yes, he's yeah. big sponsorship. Yeah. Maybe John's one of those prominent local businessmen we've heard about that's going to come on the board. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> I'm retired. <laughs> Good for you, yeah. John, well, we've um sorry, Ian, I was just gonna say, John, we've 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 asked you a lot of questions with your, your councillor South Somerset District cat, uh, council hat on. Can I ask you a question with your Yeovil Town supporters hat on? Well, 20 uh, 25 years you've been supporting the club. That's nearly as long as Dave. Um <laughs> what's been what's been a couple of highlights? Tell us about a couple of highlights that you remember seeing at Hewish Park from uh, from your time supporting the club. Well, it's got to be getting into the championship. I, mm. I just remember some people said, Oh, I don't think we should get into the championship because uh, you know, we'll we'll fall straight out and fall down to the bottom, which of course is what happened. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't give that away for anything. We have been there, we've been in the championship. And actually, we very nearly survived for, for a year mm. in the championship. And I think, you know, apart from some ropey referee decisions in the first eight games or something, we, we actually stood a good chance of staying up there. But it was terrific to have QPR and Reading and clubs like that come down. Yeah, it really, really was. That, that, that day at Wembley was, was outstanding. Were you there at Wembley on the day? Indeed, yeah. Well, some wag put... <laughs> Put something up about Brentford, didn't they? That um, you know they, they, yeah. they lost to us in the playoffs, and they're what are yeah. they? Ninth now they're ninth in the Premier League, and we're mid-table in the conference. Yeah, <laughs> they're nice of them to rub that in, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Thank I you. Think we'd, we'd have probably done the same. Yeah. Oh, we would have definitely. Yeah, <laughs> if not worse. <laughs> well, I think. We'd like to say thank you for coming on and talking mm. to us about uh, this deal. Obviously, you know, you as a reader, you will have seen, you know, the the various opinions that you know we we've had uh, and what we've talked about. So um, it's nice to have some clarity and some answers from one side of the one yeah. side of the deal. Um, and thank you for your time this evening talking to us. Well, thank yeah. you very much for inviting me. And I did I did send you a, a, that one page thing about the. The story from our point of view and an attempt to answer those four questions that were up on the Glover's casting so you're perfectly um, welcome to to use that yeah we'll, like. we'll put that up on the website um, yeah. so people can can read it if that's okay yeah absolutely yeah fantastic thank you all right brilliant yeah thank you thanks very much, much thanks guys thank thanks you. John nice to Bye. meet you see you next season yes <laughs> You three have got a very good dynamic, you know. All three of you are absolute plebs. You three have got a very good dynamic, you know. All three of you are absolute plebs. You three have got a very good dynamic, you know. All three of you are absolute plebs. Wow. <laughs> what do we think about that? Well, firstly, that takes some balls because we have approached many a people to come on this podcast and talk publicly. We've asked people to go on record and say things and not just, not just, don't raise your eyebrows at me. When you say people, 
people. <laughs> that, that's it. Yeah, that's that's plural. Yeah, we we asked, the other people that we've we asked. asked people and uh, companies and people and to can you name go on the a, record? A, uh, no, because they're not a, one person we've no. asked that doesn't begin with the words. Yeah, pot. No, because none of them have, none of them want to go onto the record. <laughs> we but, are uh, three intimidating cats, though, Ben. Uh, are we? <laughs> you especially. What I was expecting. Especially? I was expecting you to ask him what colour boots Tom Knowles should play with, and uh, there you were. We didn't ask about the meal deal. We didn't ask uh, about the meal deal. We'll have to forward him an email. Yeah. Um, but no, fair play to him. Um, who knows? He, he could have been expecting far, far easier questions, far, far nicer questions. We only asked him one nice one at the end. Um, so, <laughs> look, we we hope you Oval fans appreciate that we're, we are, we, I'm not trying, Jesus Christ, it's all these other two lads, and I just stand here and take loads of credit for it. Um, so, <laughs> the lads are trying to get some answers, and I think fair play to him, he's been honest there, He's he's answered a couple of my queries, the fact that the money is protected towards the football club and how that looks, that feels good because people have said he can run away with the other 1.1 million and run into the ether and we'll never see a penny of it. Well, that sounded to me like that's not an immediate possibility. So those sorts of things make me feel a little bit more at ease and I hope it does for, for, for other Yeovil fans. Yeah. I think, Dave, you, you, you were as much in the grilling you're the Paxman of this trio. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I stand by the point that I made, Jim, there, that if I were a South Somerset council payer, I would still have serious questions about the fact that um, this money has been used to, uh, yeah, to pay off a, a debt that a private individual has placed upon the football club. And I, stand, I, I still think that. Nothing that he said there. He OK, so yes, he said it was a prerequisite of the deal that that that. Now, that doesn't mean that the money that was given to the club, given to the club, given, say, you can say it's got personal, you can say it's the club. That doesn't mean that that money had to be used to pay off the debt. It didn't. If it was somebody else, if he's taken the money out to do whatever he took it out to do, whether it was by the club, whether it was to, as a drawdown pot to borrow, uh, to pay for land development or whatever the reason was that he, he took that loan out, my view you don't take a loan out if you don't think you can can pay it back. And the way that he's paid it back is by selling the land and then you know, basically made the football club pay for itself, in, in my mind. I don't think I heard anything there that, that changed my my opinion on, on that. I appreciate what he's saying, that he, uh, from a, uh, a local authority point of view, they've got to make sure that it's a good deal for the taxpayer. And I've, yeah, no doubt at all. It's a good de- deal for the taxpayer. It's a good deal for um, for South Somerset. But I, I'd be I'd be interested to see, uh, I will be interested to see what happens with the development of the land. And that was probably the reassuring thing that I heard there was that if they develop the land, money comes through that 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 money will go back into the football club and we've just got to rely on that money going back into the football club and going back into all the things that we want. We want uh, improvements to the stadium. We want Ian to give us a good deal on a pressure washer so we can uh, do the game. We want Tom Knowles to sign a 10-year contract. We want, uh, (laughs) yeah, all of those things. We want the Josh Staunton statue for Ben. Yeah, so all of those things. And if we have to sling a Tesco Express up or a a hotel... um, yeah, that, well, actually, it's a hotel. I won't have to stay in that one down the bottom of town, will I? I could stay right there. 
I could stay in Premier Priest or whatever it's going to be called <laughs> instead. I'm looking think, forward to that. And the the other I the, the other thing about that is that it doesn't sound like a load of houses would just get no. slung up there because it has to fit in with the council plan and there's still those sport England issues with the pitch the pitches and that you know those playing areas so there is you know that positive side of it but it's always it, it is frustrating that half of that money if not more than half of that money has gone to um settling a personal debt um but there was a pre pre prerequisite for that but at the same time there's covenants that have been unlocked which you know might allow the might allow us to you know go and watch the champions league up at the football club on a saturday night because you're allowed to open it you're allowed to bricks and mortar like you're allowed to have a have the bar open and that type of stuff but i guess the whole you know point about that is that that vision of wanting to put those those events on and being able to you know create that secondary spend off of a match day and around you know a year you know all around the year you know you need that vision and that investment to do it so hopefully that that's what the money goes to yeah and some uh, good players yeah some good players too and i think it was good um well it was uh balanced isn't it i i think it'd be very easy to think that we're just here to have a pop at um anyone but john there has said that people who work in the council have dealt with with scott priestnell and presumably other people that work with him and he's given his opinion or their opinion he's relayed their opinion of, of what they think of him and i think there's lots of people who are probably on social media saying oh you, all you want is the negative all you want. well i think there we've given another side to the story and as everybody knows we've we've offered the chairman on several occasions to come and join us the offer is still there if you're listening scott every thursday night we'll be here you're welcome to join us at any point um uh, so i think what we've done there is uh is, is strike a bit of bit of balance we'll keep on asking the questions won't we but i think there's, there's, there's a balanced uh, opinion here. So I don't think anybody can say that we're all negative Nancy's, can they? Absolutely not. Okay. We are very much positive Polly's as well. <laughs> or a nice balance <laughs> of the two. Yes. We don't get too high with the highs and we don't get too low with the lows. <laughs> ah, oh, you <laughs> cliche. There you go. Right, should we take some questions? Joey Chinnock is first in the pile. Um, where would you like to see the rest of the stadium money spent? You can't say screw fix. <laughs> yeah. The rest of the state, yeah. Uh, well, it's got, it's got to be a couple of pressure washes. That's got to be the starting point, hasn't it, I think? Um, uh, Buckets and sponges. Yeah. Well, we were told, so again, if you read the, 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 the statement from last Friday, we were told it was going to go into developments of the, of the land. We spoke about it just there. I would like to see some of that money spent on a supporters bar with screens and bowling alleys and all those kind of things that um, 
we can all go and we can all spend our money and all of that money can come back into the football club um, and that would be a beautiful virtuous circle. Now, I have no idea what that cost. I have no idea where you'd put it, but we've got some non-core land, haven't we, to, um, uh, to put it on. So that's what I would like to see it spent on. Um, and after that, the statue to just on, obviously. <laughs> You've answered for Ben there as well. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, absolutely. <laughs> I think behind the Thatcher's stand, that needs a nearly swore then a good clear out um and a you know i think there's some sort of there's some sort of opportunity for a structure behind there which can feed and water <laughs> support us before a match which you know that would be that would be a big priority for me there's the that the, the the marquee that goes out onto the 3g pitch hmm I, how is that? Like, surely you make that brick and mortar. You get a set of French double doors opening up onto the 3G pitch, and then anybody and everybody can <laughs> come and have a day, come and do a thing. In if the you thing, think you're hard enough, thing, <laughs> have a bite to eat, go out and play football on the 3G seven days a week, 365 days a year. Oh, Christmas Day football, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But you, yeah, but you can charge treble price for Christmas Day. It's fine. Um, um, ching, ching. <laughs> And I'm Welcome sure I'm sure local not, businessmen. <laughs> I'm sure we're not short of darts teams and, and pool teams and skittles teams and uh, things like that that need homes seven nights a week that need a bar and a place to put uh, a few quid behind a counter and to um, yeah have a basket of chicken and chips or whatever on the way. Those sorts of things make this club a seven day a week venture. That's why yeah. I want to see it. All right. Uh, Paddy, spent, the, go on. I'm going to say we've spent it all now, haven't we? That's all yeah. the money. It's all gone. <laughs> yeah. 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 Can we get a striker? No. No. Don't, don't We're getting that. chicken and chips in a basket instead. Yeah. Double Ruben reads money. He might score more goals. <laughs> <laughs> you can have, if he does, we'll put my name a sandwich in the bar after him. You can have a Ruben sandwich. Uh, no one's done that before. There you go. Coach is livid about that. Absolutely. Even the, the, the joking suggestion of that. Um, right, the OG, Paddy. Uh, Chris Hargreaves said there would be an assistant manager updated with 48 hours of his appointment within 40 hours. Still nothing. Does he use Scott Priestnell's timepiece? <laughs> yeah, but Scott rents it to him for a, <laughs> a very awesome fun. And then he sold it to the council. And he's gonna he's gonna <laughs> rent it back to him. Uh, yeah, I think I think I imagine that question may date our podcast. Again, okay, we've got to have something that's going to date this podcast, haven't we? So you sound very in the know, there, Ian. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. Hashtag itk. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, Foxy. Which of the other remaining players of the squad from last season would you like to see signed up for next season? Oh. Foxy wants Rubin. He's told me already. He DM'd me to say, he slid in my DMs and said, I really want Rubin. I can hear him smashing okay. his... Yeah. <laughs> Forget Foxy. Who do you want? <laughs> Who do I want? Um, of the players you've got remaining. I wouldn't mind Matt Worthington. I think Matt Worthington probably did enough to earn another shot at it uh, next season. I'll be honest with you, I, I, Charlie Wake. Well, I don't know. I'd say Charlie Wakefield, but I don't think he's going to stay. I think he's, 
I think he's probably gone already. He did this little day in a life video, didn't he? Which felt very much like someone trying to market themselves. Um, although it was a video of him making pasta and shouting at someone about grey ham. So I didn't really understand what that was. <laughs> did you watch it? It was. I don't know who he was on the phone to, but it was like uh, he was saying, "Have you been eating my ham?" But he said, oh, yeah. "It was." Your, the... your 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 hearing aids have gone knackered, mate. He was asking Adi Yusuf if he'd stolen his pan. Oh, his pan! I thought he said ham. <laughs> oh, right. Now that that makes a lot more sense. I was wondering why he was talking about grey ham. <laughs> I thought, what's he eating grey ham for? <laughs> you bought a new grey pan, you idiot. Oh, right. Okay. That makes more sense. Oh, Christ. this is your Cribs Causeway moment. <laughs> My Cribs Causeway moment. Unbelievable. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you eating my ham? <laughs> That's ham. what I thought he said. It's the, it's the Cockney accent plus my knackered ears, I think. Yeah. Okay, change your back to your hearing, Aidan. We'll come back. Yeah. Um, I, uh, Jesus. Well, footballers, we want to stay. In in next order, Worthington, Diaz, Wakefield. There you go. Mm. What about you, Ian? Yusuf I... Little. <laughs> Read. I think Charlie Wakefield would be top of my list. Is that because he eats grey ham? <laughs> yeah, a man after my own heart. Graham crackers, yeah. <laughs> oh, Graham. Yeah. I've got a title though. This is your Cribs Causeway moment. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Sam Gregory, what has happened to uh, what happened to Julian Jenkins and the takeover? Is it dead in the water, in your opinion? So full disclosure from me, because people won't know this because I don't think anything's gone out, but I am no longer on the board of the Glover's Trust. So I stepped down last Monday, um, largely because I just don't have enough time to do this and the trust. And I think this is, well, this has grown so much since this has grown so much since I joined the trust that i yeah i just wanted to do more of this um we so... gave actually we we gave him a it's them or us and we, <laughs> made, we made him decide and he somehow shows us <laughs> so um yeah on that um is it dead in the water i i don't know i don't know i think oh. publicly it's you know it's not been called off no there's been no statement to say that it's that you know they're out of the running and i think crucially that well we've not had it in writing have we that there's no you know when kuhig the kuhig deal fell apart there was a statement on the the club website to say that it had so i don't i don't know i don't know there's your answer on my side of things yeah I think the uh, all the way through, we've said that until they say they're out, they're in, aren't they? So I would say that they're, they're still in. And I'd imagine, well, I don't think for a second that there's going to be any statement on the club's website if this uh, if they do walk away. But I imagine that Julian Jenkins or similar will say something if they decide to do that. Similar. 
Hey. Ah. Wait for the Graham Consortium to take over. <laughs> okay. Uh, a question from Finley Charles. Am I the only one starting to like the Chris Hargreaves appointment? Keep Worthy, Diath, and Barnet, plus bringing in some good young players with a couple of senior players, and it could be a fun season. May not get playoffs, but at least it will be fun. Yeah. Can't argue much of that, really. It has, you know, so far ticked a lot of good boxes, isn't it? Let's be honest. We've got a lot of other boxes to tick, <laughs> but the ones that have been ticked are all positive from Chris Hargreaves' point of view. Yeah, I think we've got, you know, so far we've, we've got most of probably the top list of the Remainers we'd want. Mm-hmm. Um, now we just need to get the, the import duty sorted and bring in the right ones, don't we? There we go. Easy. 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 <laughs> That's the easy part. Yeah. I think I think as well, once we know a bit, little bit more about, you know, the, the coaching structure and and that type of thing as well, we'll we'll have a bit more of a you know, an idea of what things may look like as well. Because I think that's probably one of the bigger things is we've got a whole we've kind of got a coaching team to build too. Mm. Um yeah, and whether there will be anything off the pitch, whether there will be a, a new board or perhaps a, a director of football or someone or a scouting system or something off the pitch, which is like a tangible thing that we don't seem to have had before. It's very much been who used to play for Stevenage. Um, hopefully we can have uh, that kind of structure as well. But I think it sounds like the manager's got his contacts, got his knowledge, got his experience. And and I don't know, I'm not, I'm not as down about the appointment as plenty of other people were. I think a lot of these signings would have signed regardless of who was the manager, but all credit to him. Oh yeah, really? no, no, no. I'm not. I'm yeah. not. Well, no. I think I think with the I think with the exception of Josh Dalton, who was signed, everybody else has been a contract extension. They've they've triggered a clause in their contract, which they regardless of who the manager was, they could have done. And not that I'm saying this is the case. Tom knows they could have said. I mean, maybe the Albi Skendi example uh, probably taught, maybe taught them a lesson, but they could have said to Tom Knowles, I don't care the manager is, we got a clause in your contract, we're triggering it, you're playing for us. Uh, I don't think that's happened, um, but they, they could have, and I think they could have done that regardless. So I would say that those who've extended, so, Let's say Max Hunt was here anyway. Grant Smith, um, they triggered his contract. Toby Stevens, they triggered a contract. Tom Knowles, they triggered a contract. Who have I missed out there? And Staunton's re-signed, isn't he? So with the exception of Josh Staunton, who could have gone one way or another, I think I think whoever the manager was, that a good number of those would have signed anyway. But they've signed and they're here, and that's a good thing. The proof will be in the imports yeah absolutely let's get that get, get that, that input pudding <laughs> what <laughs> proof in the pudding graham okay. yeah uh robin bachelor when is the quiz being brought back am i in dave's good books now yeah i'm gonna uh, uh, if you listen to cards cast robin i will be bringing a quiz back there asking you all your questions about uh uh <laughs> smoking favourite. No, Robin, this is the last I'll say of it, I promise you. Scouts on her. Okay. 
Uh, Robin, again, another question from Robin. Do you think the extensions are being announced because of the stadium sale since we have not released season tickets? Also, do you expect us to release a retained list or just one by one at this point? I understand that in the Football League, you have 14 days from the final day of the season to announce a proper release and retain list. Them's the rules. Not sure that applies in the National League. However, every other club has done something very similar. But it's 14 days from the last fixture, which obviously is, if you're listening on Friday, two days away. So we kind of have to, I think. If we were Football League, we would have to. But I don't know what the rules are at this level. Um I would expect us to uh, to say something. The suggestion is that Chris Hargreaves has spoken to everybody within the squad. And I would assume that that means a vast majority have either been told, you are getting something, you aren't getting something, you're getting it triggered, we're extending, we're not, you know, everyone's been told, everyone knows where they stand. So, yes, I would expect a release list at some point. So last season, on the 11th of June, we released our... In contract, offered new contract, out of contract, list. Season finished later last season, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. So. Okay, maybe soon then. I would say on the point about season tickets, in fairness to Scott Priestnell, and yes, I did say that, in fairness to Scott Priestnell, he did say that there would be, he wanted to announce the board structure, the on the field, the manager, the players, he wanted to do all of that before announcing season tickets and obviously we've got the manager we've got a good number of good players haven't got the board structure and we haven't got the coaching setup whatever the setup is so sort of halfway there aren't we devil's advocate doesn't one not affect the other though if you announce season tickets and everyone goes oh my god this is amazing and by five thousand that would significantly increase chris hargreaves budget and thus the caliber of player that he could bring in yeah, but I think what you're saying there is the kind of re-signings that they've made, okay. isn't it? I think they're the, the signings that he's talking about. But yeah, you do. I'll be <laughs> I'll be interested to see what he announces as far as the backroom staff and board of directors to get five thousand season ticket holders. But yeah, that would be that would be impressive. Okay. Welcome, uh, Roman Abramovich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a minute. <laughs> Fit and proper owners test. <laughs> Uh, we've had a, uh, we've kind of answered this a little bit from um, at Palace Glover. Um, when do you think season ticket prices will be out? But he's asked, what do you think about Boreham Wood's price cut and Barnet charging a small fortune? So Boreham Wood, uh, adult season ticket holders, uh, 20 to 69 years old, £185 for a season ticket. Uh, under 20s, 100 quid. Under 16, 60 quid. Uh, under 12s, 30 quid. And under 5s are free. And 70 plus are free at Boreham Wood. Um, you couldn't do 70 plus with our lot being free. You wouldn't make any money. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess we should caveat that, Dave, because we went to Boreham Wood and there was not a lot of people there. No, there wasn't. And there, But there was an awful lot of Arsenal-related investment there as well. So I think, um, yeah, they could probably get away with it on, on, on two fronts, can't they? Did they not do as well? Because they um, won the trophy Bromley won the trophy didn't Bromley they won the trophy. I'm thinking of something else sorry it must have been Bromley Bromley did a thing where because they played 97 minutes at Wembley for 97 hours every season ticket was 97 quid really mm-hmm. 
Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice bit of marketing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. nothing to do with Bournemouth. Completely not my B team. And and on another B team on Barnet. So their season ticket for an adult is three hundred and ninety six pounds. Um, concession under twenty one or over sixty five is two hundred and fifty two pounds, and under seventeen is ninety pounds. Um, would you pay three hundred ninety six pounds to go and watch Barnet? I guess no, because um, we're Yale Town fans. But also, is there more? You know, everything costs more in London, doesn't it? I suppose I've kind of contradicted myself with Borehamwood, but that's kind of leafy suburb, isn't it? Versus Barnet, that's still a lot of money, though. It is a lot of money, and I'm just looking to see because I can't remember how much we charged last year, and it doesn't seem to be on the website. Did you not pay it yourself? No, Dave. Oh, and I, the... I thought I thought oh. your season ticket holder. No, yeah. we should John, should we really? Yeah, yeah, he's season ticket holder. Yeah. Um. No, Dave, I did not buy a season ticket. I have oh. not bought a season ticket since the Darren Way days. Oh, I think probably the last, well, I stopped after, well, his final season, but that was because I went with my granddad and then my granddad wasn't well enough to go. And then I haven't sort of, I've kind of gone ad hoc. Fair enough. Last time I bought a season ticket, it was, printed out like a little raffle ticket book that you used to tear them off goes back on yeah maybe made uh, made them on a typewriter yeah made them no they carved them into granite (laughs) (laughs) i took a granite tablet with me (laughs) parked my tyrannosaurus rex outside why there's so many holes in the car park (laughs) have you found the ticket prices no they're not on the website anymore no because they're on ours um, oh, that's good. Adults three thirty uh, seating, two sixty standing, and premium seating was three hundred and eighty, which I appreciate is now quite a lot of money. There you go. Under sixteens, which included a shirt, by the way, was seventy quid, which is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. I see that. Very that was good. good. I will rate that article five stars. Maybe I should, <laughs> yeah, I should get one for. Get one for Freddie and ask if I can have a medium men's shirt for him to grow into. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot uh, of growing. <laughs> it is. Right, that that's all the questions, unless anyone's put the wrong hashtag in. Um Paddy. <laughs> Paddy to be fair, Paddy always forgets the hashtag and then adds it in a separate tweet. <laughs> well so, I'm Paddy. He always gets there. He always gets there. There we go. Right, well, that's it for another guys. week. See you next week. Hopefully, there will be no major breaking news, and we will finally get to our player review of the season, much like we did last year. We've written it; it's ready, it's in the drafts, ready to go. But uh, we thought Mr. Clark would take up a, a fair chunk of our time tonight, and he did. So, Councillor Clark, if you don't sorry, mind, Councillor yeah. Clark. So, hopefully, next week there's nothing major, and we can finally talk about players. That'd be good. And argue and argue about our scores. I can't believe you gave Ruben a five. Well, best back to goal striker in the league. <laughs> Happy wedding day, Watsies, or and soon to be Watsies. <laughs> and with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. 
Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris, he's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis, he could win it! He probably has won it for Yeovil! Oh, and it's an opening goal! What a start! Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead! Stansfield, good turn away from Trott, goal! deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.